Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. Home. Are you guys happy to be here? Come on. I'm really happy to see you guys. I'm really happy that you're here. And it's great to see so many of you again this Sunday and uh, each week. It's always a, a wonderful surprise to see who shows up and who's here. And I look forward to speaking to each of you later on. And one of the wonderful things about being in a home is that we get to feel welcomed. I think when we're in a home, we feel like we're in a place that accepts us the way we are. When we're in a home, we are in a place where we can really be comfortable, where we can feel like this is where we don't have to pretend on any level with anyone because we are at home. And I think that it's wonderful to hear in the scriptures that that's how God sees his temple. And it's interesting because in the Old Testament, when we looked at the temple of God, we saw a place that people had to really prepare for if they were to enter it. In fact, when someone was selected among the priesthood to go and conduct that very important yearly service at the temple, um, they needed to prepare the entire year to make sure that they didn't die in giving that service on behalf of all the other priests and on behalf of the very nations who had believed in Yahweh. Now imagine that when the priest went in to the Holy of Holies, he had a rope tied around his waist. There was a bell attached to it, and as long as they heard the bell ringing, they knew the dude was still alive. Talk about a job that maybe you didn't want to do, right? It's kind of like being selected for something that is so important you hope you never have to do it. And I think that's what that priest must have felt. He knew this could be his last day ever. And it wouldn't be something that he would have picked up on because if he would have, he would have corrected it before he went into the Holy of Holies. It could have been something that he just did wrong. He was too nervous and, and maybe touched something or did something out of order, and all of a sudden, his life was over. Now, sometimes it feels like that's what it can be like in serving God, that it seems like if we go to God, he's so right and righteous and holy and perfect that we can never be at home with God, that no matter what we would do, no matter how long we prepared, it would never be enough. And I have to be honest with you and say, well, that's actually true. You know, that's why we have Jesus who intercedes on our behalf. That's why he's also called our high priest. He goes into the place that we cannot go, and he takes us with him. He doesn't just represent us, he brings us into that space. And he doesn't just allow us to visit it one time a year, he allows us to dwell there. 
And so when we enter into the presence of God, we are actually entering into the home. And, and what God says is, I don't want you to just go to a place that you call home. I want you to experience a place that is called home that is also in you. And I want you to become that home. I want you to become that permanent dwelling. And that's God's plan all along, is that he didn't want it to be a physical structure anymore. He wanted it to be a human structure. He wanted it to be a human body. He wanted it to be all of us. He wanted it to be you. Now, I grew up in a time in the 70s where wood-paneled homes were in. Anybody else? Like, you had a basement, it was wood-paneled. And it was a way to just kind of chic up the place. If you had panels on your wall, you, you, you were in style. And uh, I don't know if we have a picture of this wood-paneled basement, uh, but that's what it looked like. If you had this on your walls, you were trapping moisture and mold behind there for generations to come. It was actually very unsanitary, and it's completely unrecommended on many levels. But that's what everybody kind of had back in the day. And it wasn't just that we liked paneling in our homes on walls. We also somehow liked them in our, on our cars. And it was something that we did in the, in the 40s and in the 50s. We did it in the 70s. Do we have a picture of a car that's paneled with wood? Here's one. Did anybody ever ride in one of those? Or, or did your parents have a car like this? I, my dad had, had it, and he loved it. He loved, he loved his, his Chevy Caprice in the 80s with the wood paneling. He just loved that thing. And, and it was like a tank. He would fit us and, and anybody else that he needed to pick up on the way to church. And it just would, no seatbelts, just everybody just riding, like just... Talk about a car that just could just handle anything. My dad uh, was doing masonry work one day, and his, and his actual work truck broke down, and he had to get to the job site. So he calls my brother and I, and we're working on his truck, trying to get it going, and we can't. And my dad is just never going to use a mechanic. Anybody else's dad was like that? He just like didn't trust anybody. He had to work on everything himself. See, just call a mechanic. Let's just bring it to a mechanic. Why are we all trying to figure this out? And back then, there was no internet, guys. There was like that. There's no YouTube tutorial that you could watch to figure out how to fix a car, right? It just didn't exist. So you had to literally try to repair the vehicle, or that was it. it was, my dad was not going to spend the money to give to somebody else. So he decides that he's going to just drop the... Uh, tailgate open, and we end up loading up all the scaffolding on the back of his Chevy Caprice. That car was tilted up. You cannot imagine how high. And so we all, as a result, sat in the front seat <laughs> to try to balance it out. And the only safety thing my dad attached to that load was a red plastic flag. <laughs> we had this rusted Buick with rusted scaffolding and 14-foot planks of wood hanging out from the back of it. And then we had the incredible embarrassment of having to drive 
at 30 kilometers an hour to the job site. Can you imagine this? Two teenage boys in the front seat, mortified, hiding ourselves, just embarrassed because we had to get this to the job site. And we did. We unloaded it, got it there, set it all up, and actually drove back. It was ridiculous. My dad loved his wood paneling. I think that if he could have, he would have wood paneled his Bible when he went to church. He would have wood paneled his coffee mug. He would have just wood paneled everything. My dad was a woodworker and loved wood. And I think wood has a way of just making things feel warmer, right? We feel better being around it. It's a natural element. Wood is one of the five elements, one of the important elements that we have in nature. And one of the things that reminds us that it is important for us to recognize how intricate it is in being able to build something that lasts. In the Bible, there's a story in the book of Haggai that I want to read to you. It's actually found in the first chapter. And in this chapter, in chapter 1, and in verse 2, it says this. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies says to the people. The time has not yet come to rebuild the home of the Lord. And then the Lord sent this message through the prophet Haggai. Why are you all living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? And this is what the Lord of heavens said. Look at what's happening to you. You have planted much, but you harvest little. You eat, but are not satisfied. You drink, but you're still thirsty. You put on clothes, but you can't keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets that were filled with holes. And this is what the Lord of heaven says. Look at what's happening to you. Go into the hills. Bring down timber. Rebuild my house. And then I will take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You hoped for rich harvest, but they were poor. And when you brought your harvest home, it blew away. Because my house lies in ruins. And while all of you are busy building your own fine houses, it's because of you that the heavens withhold the dew and the earth doesn't produce any crops. I've called for a drought on your fields and hills, a drought to wither the grain and grapes and olive trees and all of your other crops, a drought to starve you and your livestock and to ruin everything that you have worked so hard to get. Now in that time, they said it wasn't important to take care of the house of the Lord. And God says, well, if you don't think it's important to take care of the house of the Lord, but you take care of your own things, then this is what's going to happen. You're not going to prosper in your everyday life. Now, that reminds us that, that God actually has a standard for us, and the temple that he's talking about us not neglecting is, is, is us. It's this temple called our bodies. It's, it's our relationship with God. And so he's saying, like, if you're focusing on everything else and building everything else in your life, those things taking priority over the things that really do matter instead, 
then here's what's going to happen. It's going to look like you have luxury and looks like you have success and it looks like you've made progress and it looks like when you bring everything home, you have all the things that you've gathered. But here's what's going to happen. It's not going to last. So he doesn't say that you didn't harvest. He says you harvested, you brought home, but then you didn't have enough to eat. It's not that you don't have clothes. You have clothes, but they don't keep you warm. It's not that you don't have money. You have money, but when you put it in your bags, it's like you had holes in it. It's like you never have enough at the end of the week. You never have enough at the end of the month. It's like no matter what you've done, no matter how hard you've worked, no matter how hard you've tried, no matter everything that everyone else is doing is like what you're doing, you're not getting any further ahead. Have you ever felt like that? God is saying, is this happening because maybe you're neglecting the most important thing? And it's interesting because in the passage that we read in Haggai, it says, you have wood-paneled houses, but my temple lies in ruins. And it was a, a sign of, of luxury even back then to put wood on your walls. You see, it's been happening for a very long time. It wasn't just my dad. It wasn't just like whoever it is that you had as a parent. It, was, it wasn't just, you know, your style preference. This has been happening for a long time. They were putting wood on walls for a very long time. And it was seen even back then as a sign of luxury. And that was when it was back in the day in which wood was hard to come by. And I want you to think about this and think about what it means for you today. Where is it that God is asking you to put a particular emphasis and focus on, but you've been neglecting that? Where is it that you have somehow made it possible to still believe in God, love Him, care about His temple, care even about you being the temple, but you're paneling the wrong things? You're putting the wood panel on the wrong thing in your life. God is saying, I don't want you to panel the wrong thing. I want you to panel my house. If you put me first, here's what's going to happen. Everything that you bring in into your house is going to last. Can we say amen to that? Amen. What an incredible promise that is. Uh, what an important shift in, in focus that we must have. Uh, putting God first and, and allowing that perspective to just spread to every area of our life. And then ask God, God, where is this not happening? And so you may have heard this verse before. I'm just going to read it again. It's, it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and it's verse 19. Verse 19 and uh, verse 20. And, and it's a beautiful verse because it talks about what we are in terms of being the home for the Holy Spirit. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? And don't you realize that your body is where God lives and has given to you His Spirit to live in you? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, and you must honor God 
listen to this, with your body. That's incredible to me because I never thought that I would have to honor God with my body. When I think about honoring God, I think about him being honored through my thoughts. I think about him being honored through my character. I, I think about honoring God by loving others the way that I want to be loved. I, I, I think about honoring God by doing good, even when I'm on the path for evil. I'm on a path for, for revenge. When I'm on a path of, of unforgiveness. I, I think that's the way that I'm going to honor God, by getting off that path. Not doing things the way that come natural to me. But I don't think about honoring God with my body. I don't, I don't think of it that way. And, and God is saying, I want you to realize that if you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, I want you to remember what it was like when people were allowed to come into that holy and most sacred place once a year and how they prepared the entire year to be able to offer up that service. And then he says, I want you to see yourself not just as the temple of the Holy Spirit, but as the place where you are able to offer up a sacrifice. A sacrifice that you can lay on living stones which you have become as the altar and you have placed this on the cornerstone which is actually Jesus Christ. And he is the cornerstone of your life. And you are building your life on that cornerstone and then there is an altar there. And in Romans chapter 12, in verse 1, it says, I don't want you to conform to the ways of this world, but I want you instead to dedicate yourself, your entire self, to me on this altar, and I want you to offer up yourself as a temple for the Holy Spirit. And so God is saying, there is nothing about you that I want you to hold back, and nothing about you that doesn't speak to me about you being my home. And that's cool because I don't always think that way. I don't always act that way. I don't always behave that way. But that's exactly how God wants me to think and to behave. And he wants me to do whatever it takes to make sure that my body is that temple of the Holy Spirit so that he can dwell in me like he wants to dwell fully in you. And he wants you to experience the fullness of his presence that comes with the fullness of his blessing. So when you go out for your harvest, so when you work on your project, so when you are out there sacrificing for yourself and others, and you go back home, you are not left wanting. The wind cannot blow away what you have brought home. Thieves cannot steal it. Rust cannot eat it. No one can take it because God has made it permanent for you. Do you believe that for yourself? And so one of the great things about God is that he never asks us to change everything at once. We only do that to other people. We want them to change in every way right away. Isn't that true? And we're good at giving deadlines because we have personal timelines 
Because there are things that we feel we are being held back from when people do not respond to the deadline that we've given them. We feel like we've given them enough change, opportunity, and have not seen the change. And that gives us the right to move on. And I believe that God does give us the right to move on. The choices that we make. There's a whole series that I did in the past called Shake the Dust. And it was all about knowing when to move on. But I want you to understand that in this moment, God is not asking you to fix everything in your life at once. And what the Holy Spirit does is that he points out the first thing that needs to be taken care of. In other words, it's the first domino that needs to fall. You ever watch videos of dominoes falling? Do you ever play that as a kid where you line them all up and you just watch the dominoes? Does anybody not know what a domino is? It is possible. But basically, it's a black rectangle with white dots on it. And it's for a game called dominoes. But often, how it was used was just they were lined up on its end, one next to the other, and patterns would be formed. And so you just knock over the first one and all the others would fall in a sequential manner. When the first domino falls, do you know what happens? The momentum that is created by that first domino brings about the change that you need to have in your life. And the first domino that needs to fall is right now we need to ask Jesus Christ to take residence in our life so that this can become his permanent home. And if you haven't done that, you need to do that. It needs to happen with your words. It needs to happen with your thoughts. It needs to happen with your renewed decision each day. You need to go before God and you need to say, I want you to fill every space of my life, which is now your home. I want that domino to fall. And when that domino falls, the next thing that the Holy Spirit does is it shows you the next thing that needs to happen in your life. And it shows you the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And the dominoes keep falling until finally the pattern appears exactly the way the great designer put it together so that you could only see the result once all the dominoes have fallen. And then when you look from above, there is what the Creator designed. And that is the blessing that He had planned for you all along. Can we say amen to that? And I know that God wants to do that in your life. He doesn't just want dominoes to fall without there being a pattern or a purpose or a design in mind. But at the end of it all, you're going to see exactly why those dominoes needed to fall. But when they're falling, the only thing you feel is fail. The only thing you feel is pain. The only thing you feel is uncertainty. The only thing you have is confusion and chaos. And when those dominoes are falling, you're not feeling like this is going to turn out well. What you're feeling is that it's completely out of control. But when God is in control, when you have given him that control, God is going to reveal 
his blessing to you. And so will you trust him for that next domino to fall? Will you trust him for the next thing that needs to topple over in your life so that you can become the home that he has always wanted us to be? And so we can stop wood paneling the wrong thing and start paneling the right thing. The place where the Holy Spirit needs to reside. Amen. The temple of God. Not neglecting the temple, but paneling the temple. Not paneling a project or a home, a person, an initiative, an investment, but paneling our hearts so that the Holy Spirit can reside there. So God doesn't tell us we're doing the wrong thing. He will remind us that we're doing the right thing and his blessing will last and will continue to multiply in your life. That's what he wants for you. Father, I pray that we would stop paneling the wrong house. That we would put ourselves in a position for you to be welcomed and received in a wood-paneled home that is our heart. A place that has been prepared for you. And right now, Lord, we want to ask you to come and to take residence in our heart. Would you be that first domino that sends every other domino falling so that we can experience the full picture of what you have created for each of us. You have such great things in store for us, such amazing things for all of us that we just need to trust you for this, God. And even in the chaos of the moment and even in the challenge of the confusion that follows when things are being toppled over, we will trust you and believe in you that you have our ultimate, ultimate life in store that you can bless, that you can prosper. And I know, God, that we will be witnesses to that. And so I believe right now that as every person is here in this space and others still are watching online, that the hand of the Holy Spirit is resting upon us. And that anointing is upon us. And that presence is upon us. And it is a confirmation that not only that we are your sons and daughters, but that we are sons and daughters of a great and powerful and the most powerful king there is. That there is no force in this world that can take away that blessing. And there's no force in this world that can somehow hinder that blessing. And we thank you that your hand will not be lifted from every person, but it will remain where it is because you live in us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.